I'm your host, Veronica Thompson, and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Above the Mean, a podcast about individuals actively pursuing their passions and pushing themselves to be better than the standard in order to stand out. We're back, and it feels so good to be back. I hope you guys had a nice, restful, and relaxful holiday season and that you're bringing in the new year 2022 with a positive and embracing mindset and ambitious because this is our year we're getting it we're getting the bag making the bag keeping the bag Today, I am joined by Jeff Jenkins, an award-winning content creator and founder of The Chubby Diaries, a blog and digital community aimed at helping plus-size individuals live in the now and travel the world. I like that. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for making time. I know you're a busy man. I know that the Austin ATX airport is like your second home. So it is. It definitely is. (laughs) I'm glad to have you on my show. Your blog is like a traveler's paradise with helpful resources like activities to do, accommodations and travel insurance, all the way to helpful travel credit cards. And I'm just so excited to get into it with you. I'm trying to think of where to even start. I think that this is such an amazing cause, like, and it's such an amazing topic. Like, I want to know first, like, what was your childhood like? Like, did your parents travel a lot? Um, So my dad, uh, my mom and dad actually got divorced when I was two. Um, And although we we did, like, within Florida, like, when I traveled with my mom, we would we would travel somewhat within Florida, but we did a lot of stuff in Orlando. Orlando is like the like the tourist capital of the world, and so we have tourists coming from all over the world. Um, but my dad he used to always go up to New Jersey or to the Northeast because that's where his whole entire family is from. So I used to go up there as a kid and going up and down that that uh, I ninety five was like the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Oh, I know that is a stretch. I remember making that drive when I moved down from Syracuse to Austin, mm. and that was not fun. Mm. <laughs> as a kid, it was fun, especially if you had nothing to do. This like, is true. And this is pre like cell phones and things like that. So I mean, he was I was entertained by just the stuff that was on the side of the road. Yeah. Or being able to see the trees and stuff. So. Like all the natural landmarks mm-hmm. and all the like beautiful things that you Or can... going to D.C. And, and like all of these other places and knowing that we were so close to New York. Like I always had like this adventurous mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you think that's kind of like what sparked your curiosity? Like I read that you were a choir teacher yeah. for nearly 10 years before you quit in 2017 to begin content creating. So I just kind of want to know what... I guess sparked that interest for you. Which one, the traveling or the? I guess the, the content creation. Well, okay, okay. Let's go from the. How do you get from the mindset of a choir teacher to content creation? So I was pushed into choir. Uh, I didn't actually want to be a teacher. I never wanted to work in public school. Um, I wanted to be more of a performer um, or a vocal coach. I love that, but <clears throat> like my director while I was in school was like, you know what? This is a good fallback. Mm, like it was a safe yeah bet. it was it was a safe bet yeah like if if you get out of school and you can't find a job like or that's like almost a guarantee job to get a school teacher and so I went and did that but I was excited that I was able to do it because what it did teach me 
was like I always worked like those nine to fives um, or it was like the entry level jobs where it was like working in fast food and stuff like that to where income. I mean, I would have to almost work for or 80 hours a week just to make what I was making as a teacher. Uh, and so it was like less effort. So it was like I learned what a 401k was and all of that stuff and how I had disposable income from just teaching. So it did teach me a lot. It got me out of that poverty mindset in a way. Uh, but I still was in it, but it was less of a thing. And then living in Florida at the time, like it was so cool. Like like the standard was just like, ooh, girl, like girls would be like, oh, my God, you have a career. <laughs> like it was it was a difference from having like a job and a career. Yeah. And so like it'll be like, oh, you got a career. Oh, you got benefits. Oh, man, <laughs> this is awesome. So I was loving that, too. Um, but talking about me not wanting to do it, um, like it was like almost every year I kept telling myself. I remember the first day of like teaching. I was like, man, I got to be some other way of making money. Cause it was it was tough that first year, the first day, the first year it was just like tough, and I was, uh, and I started at the middle of the school year, so it was like the were kids you were teaching just bad. like high schoolers. Middle uh, school? At that time, it was middle school. Ooh, that is like the worst one. <laughs> so them kids was in there just ah, all over the place, and I was like, uh, I don't want to be here. So, <laughs> but it was like year by year, and then like I, I just got comfortable. I got comfortable with. Uh, the salary, I got comfortable with the money I was making, uh, the consistency. And so and, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do after. after. Um, but I finally, like, mustered up the courage to quit the job and or resign from teaching. And so that's what I did. But it wasn't, like, automatic that I wanted to do content creation. Uh, it wasn't automatic that I wanted to go straight into uh, being an entrepreneur. And so I want to know, because I know Chubby Diary started shortly after in 2018. Can you remember the moment or the event that kind of triggered triggered in your mind to create the Chubby Diaries? Um, so, yeah, Chubby Diaries, like, really came out of, well, it was, well, okay, I'll back you up. So I went on a mission trip. I went on a mission trip to Rwanda, and while I was there, we were building these gardens. And uh, they're called, like, Keyhole Gardens. And I went to Kajeo, Rwanda. And while we were there, we realized that that community, a small community in Rwanda, they needed water. And so me and, and three of my other friends came back and was like, yo, these people need water. So we started a water well project. And like and me starting that water well project, um, none of us was engineers. I didn't know how water came out of the ground. <laughs> so I, like still, I was like, it still blows my mind that there's water in the ground. Um, but to be able to to learn how to build a water well, um, and then like even learn all that stuff, uh, and then going back over there and actually building one. We only got to build one because of COVID. Uh, this uh. was like back in two. Th we did. We went in 2018, but didn't get to go back in 2019. But going back for the second time and going to build that well, that's when like all that like confidence and courage came from. Of like, yo, look what we did. Like we took an idea from nothing to something, you know. And I I remember because you have so much time to your 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 head your head space um you have less internet over there you have no tv in a way so uh and then we were like on uh like a nature reserve so like we're literally in the in the jungle uh like where you stay so zebras and, and giraffes and stuff are just like all around uh baboons and all that so um, like something out of a movie it is in a way it's yeah. a lot of fun i'm telling you it's amazing but 
to have that experience. And then I just remember just thinking to myself, like, what am I going to do? What do I want to do? And I remember while we were over there building a well, Rwanda's considered the land of a thousand hills. And so I was just like looking out in the distance. I was like, you know what? I was like, I want to travel the world, help people and get paid to do it. <laughs> and I remember saying that to myself and I committed right then. That this is what I want to do. Like, I want to travel and, and get paid to do it. And so it was like coming up to that that point, I didn't know what I was going to do, but that's what I set out to figure out. You had a goal. Mm-hmm. And that's an amazing goal. I feel like that's one that a lot of people aspire to have. I know I definitely would love to travel and get paid to do it. Yeah. Your philosophies on plus-side people traveling, which is, I've kind of noticed you have this mantra, live in the now. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, it's, it's live life now. And that that was more so birthed out of, and just to back you up real quick, like not knowing what I was going to do with like uh, like traveling and how I was going to get paid, I actually had to go learn and research um, like how to do this. Like I remember just getting on the internet and being like, like how do I make money traveling? And so one of my friends, she was a travel blogger, and I heard that she was making money. So I was like, you know what? I should try this too. If she can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> and that's what like, got me going with that. But then I found my niche. And then me finding my niche, uh, I realized that, yo, there's nobody talking about plus size travel. Uh, and I love the saying or like the, the thought of to go faster. Sometimes you got to run in your own lane. So finding the niche that's right for you. Like you can excel so much faster having more of a niche audience because if everybody's doing the same thing, you can get caught up in the, the large pool of things. And so I was like, how can I be unique? How can I be different? Um, and I realized that quickly that I like doing like game changing stuff. I don't want just, just do, just to do. And so once I got into it, it was live life now. Like the, the live life now came from one of my family members telling me uh, like, why don't you just tell people, people to lose weight and then you don't have to do uh, chubby diaries and I was like well that's not what I want to do because you know why there's so many other platforms out there that are teaching people how to lose weight how to feel great uh, once you lose the weight uh, you can travel or you can do your dream thing once you get to a certain weight or a certain uh, yeah a certain body type and for me I was like I want to talk to the person where they're at right now yeah. like I don't want to I want like where they're at right now. I don't think there's a lot of people speaking to them right now. And so my message to them was live life now. Yeah. Like why wait? Why put your life on hold when you can be enjoying these exact same pleasures now? Yeah. And a lot of society has taught us not to do that. Once you like if you ain't fit, got the, the abs and stuff like that going out into the, uh, the travel space is a thing that you don't do until you get to that certain weight. No, and I definitely feel that that's something that is kind of drilled into us based on just like the people we see on magazines or the people that we see like in social media. Like I know for my, I just recently came back from my trip to Puerto Rico and I was nervous because we went literally right after Thanksgiving and I was like, oof, I shouldn't have got that second plate or third plate. But it's like, in reality, like that shouldn't matter about me experiencing this beautiful place, this beautiful new town, new city that I've never traveled to before. And that and that jacks people up. Like, uh, some people might not tell you that, but we, we know, y'all know, like, you have those moments. And, and for some people, it, it eats them up too much. 
like to where they actually can't enjoy themselves because they're so self-conscious in the moment. And you know what? That's so crazy. I never thought of this until now, but I know for a fact that Kanye West song, uh, all falls down, whatever it is, but <laughs> he says, uh, we're so self-conscious. I'm just the first to admit it. And I remember that. I know which song. This is a big moment for me because I never know the lyrics to any song. But now I got you again. Yeah, and and that for some reason, like I think of I've once once he said those lyrics, I think I've always thought of that. Yeah. And then I started like looking around. I was like, huh. Uh, even all my like model friends and actor beautiful people friends, they're all like are super self conscious. So I was like, well, shoot, if they self conscious. Why am I over here beating myself up, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everyone definitely does have those, like, even if they're small, small insecurities that they harbor and that they Mm -hmm. it eats us, it eats Mm -hmm. at us alive when it's like, we shouldn't be worried about the, like, because I promise you that an insecurity that you think of, someone else may not even notice it about you. Correct, correct. And I think that that, that's one reason why I love your platform and I love what you're doing because I think that you're giving a voice and you're showing people that it's okay to just live in the now. Like, you don't have to follow what other people in society deem as, like, the standard for just body type or anything. No, like, for real. Like, I tell people all the time that I'm not here to promote obesity. I'm here to promote live life now. Like... Like, traveling is amazing. Like, it's an incredible experience. And I want everybody to experience being able to go to Rome and seeing the Colosseum, going to Japan and eating some incredible food and seeing their tradition and cultures, being able to swim in Croatia, jumping on a boat uh, in Morocco. Like, okay, flex. Like it's, flex it's, on a... <laughs> it's, it's those things that I feel like, man, everybody should have those experiences. And, and when I was traveling, I didn't see anybody that looked like me doing it, black or fat. So... So you kind of just created and like a niche and a platform for yourself. For sure. And so now that you are, I'm gonna correct me if I'm wrong. You are doing content creating full time. Right? Yeah. So I know you had touched on it a little bit, but I want to know. So how does that work exactly financially? Like, <laughs> do you have sponsors who help you pay for your travels, or is it all out of pocket? Like, how does that work? Oh man, I was doing an interview today with somebody, and we were over to talking about how, like to do this like and, and it's one i'll tell this to anybody and since y'all getting free information out of me right now i'll pay for this <laughs> but like one the people that are very successful at being a content creator are ones that look at this as a business like i'm an entrepreneur that's what i am and so statistically it says that majority of entrepreneurs take uh it takes them two to three years just to like actually make money for themselves um and so like it was a lot of my own self-funding that i had to do and i would say that i have spent um i would almost say i spent like 20 to thirty thousand dollars on like personally just to get this thing going now i have sponsorships (laughs) so i'm making five figures a deal so it's like each deal and so I know friends that make six figures a deal. So it was like, hey, I got more work to do. But I know after time, like, I love how one of my friends, she told me back in the day, she was like, um, I remember being down on myself. And I was like, yo, 
Like, I don't think, and it was this year or like at the beginning of last year. Um, I was like, yeah, man, I just, I just don't know. And I've only been doing this three years now. So, but she was like, she was like, yo, I didn't make any money uh, my first year or my first two years. I think I made like 10,000 my third year. Uh, and I think she was like, I made a hundred and something thousand my fourth year. Uh, I think she's on her fifth or sixth year now. Like she's made over $500,000 for the year. And what does she do again? A content creator. She she, do exactly what I do. And see, it's so funny because I feel like content creating was not even in our vocabulary five years ago. Back in the day. Uh, Well, I would say about seven, eight years ago. Yeah. It wasn't. But yeah, it started. And like now, it is one of the highest paying occupations or Mm -hmm. careers that someone Mm -hmm. can have. It sure is. And it's, it's very lucrative, especially if you stick it out. I love what somebody taught me a long time ago. Um, actually, we're having another event, the same event in New York in like two, three weeks from now. But uh, my friend Mike, he said this. He said, you know why all of us are successful in this room? And I was like, no, tell me. Give me the <laughs> secret. He said, we're just the ones that didn't give up. Oh, that's, that's powerful. It. it is. He said that, like, man, we might not be the most talented like there's probably people that can like rock walk circles over us when it comes down to content creation, but they those people give up. Some of those people stop. And he said we're the ones that just keep going and keep striving because at the end of the day, people love consistency. They love people that they can like trust. Like oh man, he ain't going nowhere, she ain't going nowhere. So I'm gonna just keep going. So I love how hearing those stories from those guys that said like. Man, when I wrote my first blog, when I did my first podcast, literally it was only my mom and one other person that liked it, you know? And now I have millions of downloads a week or a month. Like, come on, like that's crazy, right? No, yeah. So, but it's that consistency that that really sticks through and becomes tried and true. And so I try to I try to do that myself, but then also encourage others to do the same. You just gotta push through. And I feel like I know I personally can really resonate with that because especially like my podcast is still fairly new. Like I was telling you, I just started back in October. And you got Jeff Jenkins on her. Man, that's crazy. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking, y'all. No, no. This is a flex for me. This is a flex. Like I'm very, very excited to have you on my show. And I'm glad that we met when we did because I feel like your message and just your aura is just so powerful. And I, I really was you. excited to have you on. Appreciate <laughs> you. I appreciate you on that one. Um, okay. So I know you talk about, I've seen your favorite place. It's Japan. Yes, I ma'am. get it. I know it. I love Japan. Come it was on. my favorite place when I traveled what? to you. But I want to know what's your least favorite place that you've mm-hmm. been to. I won't answer it. Uh-uh. No. No. You gonna get that one out of me? Really? Uh-uh. It's top secret. No, it's not top secret. I just don't feel like if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Like I, I don't, and I'm gonna be honest. Like I can't judge. In all fairness, yeah, I can't judge one place from just one city I went to. Okay. You know, or like one interaction. To say that I was like my whole whatever like negative experience because I can probably go to another part of that country. And it'd be like boss, you know? And I always tell people this. It's usually not the place that makes it. It's the people you go with, too. So I've had horrible experiences with people uh, being in, like, going to Paris. Like, let's just say that. Like, I remember the first time I went to Paris, this thing was incredible. Second time I went, oh, no, it was Spain. Um, I went to Spain, and I had a horrible time with my, like, travel buddy that I was there with. Like, I wanted to strangle her, like, literally. (laughs) I was like, man, 
get away from me. I don't ever actually want to talk to you ever again. But now I would talk to her because I'm a nice guy now. No, but I feel like because it definitely makes uh, a difference who you mm -hmm. travel with. And I feel like that's something that I learned quickly because my friends love to do girls trips. Mm -hmm. And traveling with five girls is a lot. For sure. Now, so I, I have a, a really close group of friends and it's it's four girls and two guys. And we all hang out like we just did New Year's together. And I think it works because... We have enough testosterone and estrogen to go around the room. <laughs> Whereas, like, and then the personalities after a while, like, even if somebody's, like, a little over the top, like, we all know how to check each other. And mm -hmm. so, and it's just this balance. And so I can understand, like, even me being with all guys, I was like, that that dynamic wouldn't work the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like you definitely do need someone to kind of counteract and kind mm -hmm. of balance you. And I'm, I'm good at that, period, when it comes down to – like I know how to discern like what groups of people should be hanging out with each other. Like I'm, I'm really good. Like if I had to like plan a trip, I know how to get like the right people together, or I just know how to set the tone. Like when I go to different countries and stuff like that. A lot of times, uh, the reason why a country might be bad, other than just the people, is the expectations you have going into it. A lot of times, any I mean, almost for anything, when you set high expectations is really hard to meet those standards. And so, like, I always tell people the best expectations is no expectations other than having a good time. So you can so take true. a crappy moment and make it fun. And I've learned that from just other people that I've traveled with to where it wasn't just me. Like, I wasn't the saint that was like, oh, no, we can find a way to make this fun. Like, it was other people like, bro, we're here. Like, let's do something. Like, let's yeah. go get a drink at this, this hole-in-the-wall bar and, like, literally going to do that. We have like the greatest night ever because we went into this hole in the wall bar that was super sketch. But man, we played drinking games and just like had a ball with the, the locals that was there. So like I've learned how to like make fun or make do with whatever like bad negative situation comes up. Yeah, like you just kind of make the most. Yeah. You you live life for now. Live life now. <laughs> Come on. And so I'm catching on. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the work you're doing with Waterburger, the Parks and Wildlife Department, and some of like the state tourism boards, because I saw you're doing some work to increase representation and visibility of plus-size travelers. Yeah, um, well, Waterburger, they're just, I like Waterburger, so, <laughs> like, I like what Rick Ross and, like, DJ Khaled say, those are two of my, uh, like, horrible P, uh, non pc answer is they're they're my spirit animals so i think it, no no uh, uh dj Khaled <laughs> and rick ross uh two two plus size men killing it in the game but like i love what they say about they love working with people like they love uh partnering with people who they already enjoy so being with whataburger it's whataburger like you can't I thought beat I, those honey you want to know biscuits. something yeah right right <laughs> Man, I, I love the barbecue bacon burger. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. But you know what's crazy? And I was, like, featured in all of these different publications. And, like, I was here and doing this and getting all these sponsorships. It was not until I did my first Whataburger ad that my family finally was like, oh, what is it that you do now? Like, wait, wait a minute. You're with Whataburger? Okay. Explain this to me again. What is it that you do? <laughs> So you travel, you get, okay. Because, like, for, so I was like, God, no, it took Whataburger to get you? 
to like understand. I remember even my daddy back in July of last year, he was like, yeah, man, because I tell people that one all the time. He's like, yeah, man, I remember you got that Whataburger thing. And I was like, man, he got what? What'd you say? So, so it wasn't the Forbes. It wasn't the <laughs> no, Essence. None of that. None of it, that. It was Whataburger. All right. It was Whataburger. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that partnership. But then also like the outdoor space. I wasn't even like too keen on being in the outdoors like that um, because one, I didn't think it was made for me. But being um, in the field or like travel space or like me really try to push my own self to the limits in a way or try new things that I never thought to do. Like, man, being able to go in an outdoor space, like, is incredible. And uh, back in 2020, man, I took a, a – we went to like five different states, a big road trip, and we went to like the, the – not the Midwest, the – the Great Plains, whatever you want to call it. Geography um, was not my thing. I can just um, be my guy. <laughs> <laughs> like the Great Plains, like like Montana, the Dakotas. Like I've been to North and South Dakota, y'all. Like that's crazy. How many people you know have been there? Not a lot. Not a lot <laughs> on my end. But no cap, like I was like, yo, this is lit. Like, bro, this is fire. Like I was mad at all my white friends when I got back. Bro, I was like. Y'all jokers didn't tell me because a lot of them was like, oh, yeah, I went there when I was a kid. Oh, I went there like two years ago. I love it. Oh. Those national parks are incredible. Yeah. And I was like, man, and I definitely didn't see any fat. Well, I saw some little fat people. I actually was okay with that. But <laughs> I didn't see no black people. It was not one person of color. It was just I don't know. I don't know why we haven't gone on the national park. We trip, will. I feel, I feel I like we will. Parks. Man, I love them. I made sure. And so it's like. One, for plus-size people, knowing that there's, like, like even to go tour a national park, there's so many national parks where you can stay in your car. You can jump out if you want to to go, like, take some pictures and stuff, but you ain't got to go hike. Like, I thought I had to go, like, hike miles and miles just to, like, experience, like, the beauty of a national park. And then you find out, like, yo, nah, you ain't got to do that. Like, boom, 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 here you go. And so, or the fact that there's, like, like trails for all, all all trails. That's what it's called. Yes. Um, where you find out like the the intensity level of a trail, and so you know which trails that you want to do. Am I doing the easy one, the medium, or or I'm going for the hard one? You know, extreme. And so, like learning that, and then being able to share that with other plus size people to like break whatever like stigma they might have around traveling and or hiking uh, in these like national parks or outdoor spaces and learning that there's clothes as well that are out there for them that they can wear um, that'll keep them looking hip, cool, and comfortable while they're doing it. Yeah, and I saw that there is like a change happening. Like it's slow, but like, yeah, a lot of outdoor apparel brands like Columbia, Patagonia, and North Face have like started extending their size ranges. And like, I think I read that the plus size clothing market was valued at 481 billion in 2019 mm. and it's grown to reach or estimated to reach 697 billion by 2027. For sure. I I I think I was actually on uh, a call today with uh my friend Zach Miko. He's like the number one like plus size or big and tall male model. Uh, he's like one of the first mainstream, he's not one of the first, he's the first mainstream, like uh, big and tall, like model. And like talking to him today, I was just like, man, it's crazy. And I think the tra- the fashion industry, because I've 
there was no research, there was no analytics for like plus size travel. And so I used the fashion industry, the plus size fashion industry as my like like measuring stick or even how I pre- presented this to companies like, yo, look what's happening in the fashion space. This can happen for you in the travel space. And a lot of people don't realize like, wow, why are you so successful? Or why is it that like so many brands know you and work with you is because even in the consulting that I do with brands, like I, at the end of the day, like I know what moves the needle. Money moves the needle. Yeah. So it's like learning what like moves the needle, like money moves the needle. Um, And so like showing them that like, there's there's billions of dollars that can be made from this marginalized group of people. Um, and so, yeah, invest. Like, given the fashion industry embracing plus-size individuals, what do you think it will take for the travel industry to embrace the similar changes, those similar changes? Um, more people like me speaking out, um, also showing them, like, yo, this is going to be cool, hip. I'm telling you, like, some people, they really are, what's the word for it? They're going... Like they're they're having a lot of internal dialogue with themselves and they're actually fighting against a lot of stuff, even when it comes down to plus size stuff, because uh, a lot of people are, are considered fat phobic. Like the thought of just gaining a pound, like puts like fear in their hearts, oh. you know, like and it is like people do a lot of irrational things just so that they they don't gain weight like they will they will starve themselves yeah like they have so many crazy diets out there and it is and 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 a lot of people don't realize that the industry itself like the the lose weight like industry is a multi-billion dollar industry by itself on they're not going to tell you like hey you look good you don't need to lose any weight like nah they're going to make you feel bad about it and then they're going to push that and so uh, I feel like for for me, like being able to help people understand and these these CEOs, the, the the actual decision makers, knowing that like, hey, like this ain't got nothing to do against you, but like there's people out there, there's a whole margin or a whole market of people who are not being catered to and they got money. Yeah. So it's like them being able to understand it, them being able to see it. I remember meeting with the CEO one time. And he actually a retired CEO, and he has a nonprofit business now. But he's he told me he just sat there and he started like tearing up on me. And I'm like, bro, what you crying for? Like I'm in my head thinking like, what's going on with him? <laughs> he said, hey man, uh, I want you to know this. He was like, I've been uh, I've been flying like for decades now, and every time uh, I was on a flight and I saw a plus size person get on. I always like immediate started judging them and then and then it was also like this like oh you're gonna make me uncomfortable he said it was not until I started talking to you that I realized that oh my gosh I never thought about like them being human like I never thought about like how uncomfortable they might be being on this airplane and so um or, or even making me uncomfortable like so, he was like the think that thought like just changed his whole mind, mindset and uh, view of plus size people, um, and just the whole plus size traveling. Uh, so it is is it it takes having these conversations is it takes humanizing uh, people's experiences uh, for there to be some change to happen. Because like even my friend Zach again today, he was like people were trolling him 
because or even the company because he had on athleisure wear, like workout clothes. And he got trolled about that. And he was like, wait, isn't it? He's like, why would you troll the one thing that y'all are like, like in your perfect world, feeling like I should be doing is being in the gym. Like, why would you go against that? Or even how like Nike uh, came out with their first like plus size, like mannequin in London. And it was for athletic wear. And people like lost their minds over that. Like, why would you put a plus size person on here? So it's like breaking people out of their own paradigms and, and shifting their, their, their whole perspective on like plus size stuff yeah and shifting the mindset Mm -hmm. that's crazy that's crazy that the ceo that that ceo just kind of basically almost had like an epiphany type moment where i mean that is very true because i feel like there's a lot of things that individuals don't think about that maybe plus size travelers do like i know reading your blog when you talked about seatbelt extenders that was something that kind of blew my mind because that's something that i never really thought of yeah but it's yeah. but it is something that um other travelers it is very apparent in their mind mm-hmm. oh no totally seatbelt extenders and size uh size uh restrictions and weight limits um i mean it wasn't until like i remember asking uh my wife i was like yo I was like, you don't think about this like you don't think about size limits or weight uh, weight limits and size restrictions. You just willy-nilly just jump on the ride. That's not the reason you're thinking you might not get on this ride. Like, that blew my mind because I was like, that's always in my head. You feel me? Like, that yeah. stuff's always there. And so, uh, and then even when I started creating the content for everything, started, like, it blew my mind to see how many people could relate and re- uh, my story resonated with them and them being like, oh my gosh, I have that same thought. Oh, I, this is exactly how I think. I am definitely afraid to do this or do that. I've never been definitely afraid to do anything, but for them, like, man, me seeing you out there doing that, going scuba diving, I'm certified as a scuba uh, <laughs> diver. You know, I like scuba diving. Like, I love it. I'm actually, literally today was trying to figure out another way to go scuba diving. I was like, where should I go next? I want to go to Dubai or something. Mm-hmm. They have the world's largest swimming pool, and um, you, you scuba in it. That and is like, my good And there's like, there's, like, all of these different, like, like interactive things you can do in the pool like it's really cool um so i I really want to do that but i was saying like even when i posted like my first like scuba like pictures like i mean my own self was thinking like where can i find a wetsuit that can fit me where is there one that can fit me is there a scuba uh bcd uh which is the 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 vest that that holds your water tank or your Mm -hmm. tank up your air tank up, like, is there a tank that could fit me or a vest that could fit me? So I didn't even know if that could do it, but I was like, I'm gonna go find out if I can, and found out there was. And so uh, me posting that, people were like, oh my gosh, I can add this to my bucket list. I just never put it on there, because I, I just assumed that I could not do this. And so it's a lot of that happening for people. And so uh, being able to show people, like, yo, like you can do this too, and I'm in love with somebody said, and I don't, I don't know why I'm talking so much now. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I love it. You're not talking that much at all. Um, this one of my good friends. She asked me. She's like, "Do you feel like like even talking about that promoting obesity?" I said, "You want to know some? Uh, a lot of fat people are fat because of just the body shame or the shame that they feel 
or they've been body shamed or trolled or anything like that or the fact that they don't see anything on TV that resembles them or in a magazine that resembles them. So like you just you just get depressed. Like you get depressed, you might eat more. And so I was like, I don't know. I, I really do feel like, man, things might change to where like, man, if they start seeing themselves represented uh, in places, because I feel like representation matters more than anything. You really do. Um, that if they see themselves represented, they actually might not go and feel depressed anymore because they know that they can go do some of the same stuff anybody else can. And I love that because I feel like you really are breaking down misconceptions that people had about plus size individuals traveling. For sure. And one thing that I wanted to ask you is, each article that I read about you talked about how you have such a natural light and such a positive aura to you. And I just want to know, like, how do you maintain such like a positive mindset? Like, mm -hmm. was there uh, ever an experience that stands out that really tested that mindset? Like, i.e. a time when you found it hard to stay positive, but you persevered. Um, so I'm, I'm a it's three parts. So first part, I'm very grateful. And it's so crazy. I thought about this. Uh, while I was taking a shower this morning, how grateful I was that in 2017, I told myself then, I was like, you know what? This is going to be the year I practice gratefulness. Hmm. I feel like you can't complain. It's hard to complain when you're grateful. So learning how to be grateful for the small things, the little things that you do, um, uh, actually taking a moment to think about like what good happened in my life today. Um, me doing that set me up for where I'm at now. Uh, but then I also started reading books and in me reading books, um, I found out that like people love good energy. People love positive energy, especially we live in a world that's so negative. So I learned that and also, um, like to be more of an influence or to, to get more of the things that you want. And I mean, some of it is very selfish in that way. Like to get some of the stuff that you want, coming in with a, a positive, uh, energetic, happy energy, like people are attracted or, or, or is very contagious. So people are like willing to like work with you more just because they know that you have this good energy. And I love the saying that people hardly remember what you say, uh, but it's, it's what you, it's how you make them feel that they remember you by. And so that's what like really, really sticks out to me. And then I also think about, uh, or then like just times, uh, my third part, uh, times that like, like have been challenging and learned how to persevere in, in like in positivity and, and good energy has been uh, just the pandemic. The pandemic itself, 2020 was a tough year. Uh, Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, all of those different things um came in effect and i mean for most people it would definitely crush them and it did it crushed me a lot um but learning how to persevere like learning how to find the the good because the one thing that came out that i was so like as i'm in my deep dark spot or my fatigue of of just all this crap happening um all the positivity around the world from all the protests that was going on and like people now as a black person seeing seen uh by the world i thought that was just amazing so i've i've learned that like sometimes also i've also 
accounted for negativity to come. Mm. I love this book that I read that like people fail because uh, they underestimate the obstacles that are ahead of them. And so knowing knowing that there are like these obstacles ahead, knowing that they're going to be trolls, knowing that uh, uh, somebody's going to try to tear you down, knowing that uh, it's not going to go the way that you thought it would go, uh, not knowing that um, or knowing that it might go, it might be longer to get to your goal than you thought, like accounting for that makes it very, makes it very easy to where if that stuff does happen, you, you'll be prepared for it. So you, you, instead of being right there in the moment, you'll be prepared. Yeah. And I guess it kind of falls back to what you were saying earlier about managing expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really powerful. And I 1000% agree with you when it comes to positivity and just the energy that you put out, because I'm a big believer that you, you receive the energy that you put out in this world. For sure. And that is why I've always tried to be a very positive and happy light to people. Yeah. Cause like you said, the world has already so much negativity. Mm-hmm. Why add on to it? Right. And I, I mean, people literally have told me this, like, like you're a, a a ball of light as you walk in into a room. Like I've learned. Like I'm gonna be honest. Once again, I am strategically doing this. <laughs> like like some people don't even realize it. Like I am strategically doing this because I also know that I've been in rooms to where somebody else's energy that was more so darker and and more like like moody, like took over the room. Yeah. And I was like, I know that anywhere I go, I'm gonna bring some like fun, energy, like good vibes, all of this stuff. Like, what up, everybody? What's good? Because I know I'd rather have that than the other stuff. Oh yeah. You feel me? And, yeah. and then I know how to also, I know how like when to have it on and when not to have it on. I'm not gonna go into a funeral. Actually, I might go into a funeral. <laughs> but yeah, I know, <laughs> I know when to be serious. And a lot of things in. I don't know if you're ever going to ask this question. I I forgot to read the question, so I'm sorry. But <laughs> no, it's but fine. um, it's fine. like people, one thing that people misunderstand about me is that my per my positive personality, uh, and my my good spirit, like people think sometimes that I'm not serious, mm-hmm. or not sometimes. A lot of people think I'm not serious enough. Well, that well, a lot of that is changing now because of just all of my accolades and stuff like that. <clears throat> That's changing now. So now people are like, you know what? I might need to be a little bit more positive. I might need to to have more good energy because be it's like, working for and Jeff. And have them be like a little. Maybe I need to be a little less serious. Yeah. I'm gonna be like Jeff. Yeah, so that's been working, and I, I love telling people, and I do share that with people. Like even when I'm I'm coming down to like securing deals and stuff like that, like I, I usually tell some folks that like yo, like I'm trying to be, um, like don't take my my positivity for a lack of seriousness. I just know. Oh, somebody even told me, oh, I don't trust people that are too positive. I was like, get out of here. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't trust people that are too serious. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so it's just like, I've learned how to be serious. And being too serious, it don't get you too far. So. I agree. I 1,000% agree with you. Anxiety and stress lives in seriousness sometimes. We're doing really good. We're blowing by these questions. Even though are you didn't we? read them. Yeah. Oh, I love it. 
I love it. I love it when the conversation is just organic. So this is beautiful. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. I can tell you that. Really? Okay, good. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all that I can ask. So that makes me happy. Um, okay, I'm gonna come back to that question. I don't know. So to be doing this type of work, you must have like a real leadership mentality. Mm. Where do you think that you acquired that skill? That's a tough one. Um, uh, my the books I read, uh-huh. I would say. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like people gave me responsibility earlier as a child. Like my friends, parents. I don't know what it was. Like maybe I always had this sweet like personality or sweet like demeanor about me to where it's like. Uh, my friends' parents would be like, "Oh, if Jeff's going, you can go." You know, <laughs> you were that friend. I feel like every, but, I had that friend. But people would be like, "Jeff, he's <laughs> he's the last one I should be going somewhere with." <laughs> but I knew how to turn it on. So. But it wasn't even me being like, because honestly, no, I, I still was never a person that like wanted to do evil stuff. You know. Yeah. But are, are we gonna get in some mischief? Yes. Um, are we gonna do stuff that we shouldn't be doing? Yes, probably Possibly. so. But no, um, I think it's a lot of books, a lot of like intentionally trying to become a better leader, becoming a better person. Uh, And then honestly, some of the best leaders are the ones that like one continue to try to strive to make other people better. I think that makes you a better leader. And then also, honestly, (laughs) the best leader, like in some ways, is the ones that like to to their own like their own beat uh their own horn or uh drum to their own beat because oh i know what you yeah because <laughs> a lot of times like it's like you just become a leader by just doing your own thing yeah like, like people going just, straight or what is that saying like you fishes swim in a different current or like yeah like people be like oh why was i going like with the current like let me just go this way like and i feel like that those are like skills that like people deem as leadership is sometimes because you're not following everybody. You're just like doing your own thing. I always tell people, or me and my brother talk about this all the time. Like I'll, he's, he has a really big personality as well. And people love him as well too. Um, but me and him always talk about like, bro, like how, like, why is it that people, and we both come to that conclusion. People love that we say no to them. Mm, like you have boundaries kind of yeah like for some reason people love boundaries even as a teacher i learned that students loved you more if you set boundaries for them it's mind-blowing like the ones that like the teacher like just let them do whatever and say whatever them kids didn't respect them people at all yeah yeah and it's so crazy and so being able to set boundaries and the, the more you can set those boundaries people like admire that because a lot of times people don't know how to set boundaries for themselves that or know how to say no. Because I, I am a big, I was literally just talking to my friend about this the other day that I'm such a yes girl, like that movie Yes Man where mm-hmm. he went into the cult and mm-hmm. all I started saying yes, I just came out the womb. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm learning that saying yes all the time, it's draining. It is so just taxing on you mentally, physically. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I've been consciously trying to do starting with this new year, 2022, is setting boundaries with my friends and just setting boundaries for myself of what I will allow and what I won't allow. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know, it's crazy. I saw Yes Man the day before I went to Japan. Ooh. Yeah, at the movie theater. 
Uh, okay, so since we didn't talk about your least favorite place, we can talk about your favorite place now. Okay, I can <laughs> talk about that. Y'all, Japan, phenomenal. Like, literally, from the culture to the tradition to the food, like, the way that they bring out that food, it be all plated, all nice and neat, even if it's a hole-in-the-wall place. Like, it's just dope. I always tell people Japan feels like um, one of the most foreign places I've gone to. Although it's very um, modernized, it's still super foreign because uh, they're very mono-ethnic and there's way more Japanese people than there are foreigners. Um, so, like, it's, like, straight Japanese culture. And the one thing I love about Japan compared to almost any other country I've been to is that you assimilate quick. Like, you have to. Like, mm-mm. This, how do y'all do it? Okay, you put your you put your chopsticks over here? Okay, I'll make <laughs> sure I do that. You, you're hiding. Like, you're, 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 you're doing this, like, uh, bowing, like, as many times as you can or saying hi, hi, hi. Like, you just you fall in line Konnichiwa. with the culture. Konnichiwa. Like you, everything got a bow with it, a little bow. So it's like it's it's those things that I like compared to other countries because in other countries, man, you can go somewhere and they they're they're catering to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's way more like people they're, they're more so catering to you, um, and like you can be American in Europe, you know. Yeah, I mean, I love, I think my top two places that I've traveled to so far were Prague and Japan. And I love Japan. I got to get back into Prague, but keep going. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> Wait, no, because Prague, Prague was amazing. I love them because they were both so different. Mm-hmm. Like how you were saying, Japan really is its own little, like, it's, it's just mind-blowing because I feel like we experienced, we went to three different cities. We went to Tokyo, Osaka, and Kyoto. And each of those cities were so different. Yeah. Like Tokyo, it blew my mind how advanced their technology was. Like it was crazy. And I'm sad because when I went to Japan, I wasn't into anime at the time. Mm. Now I would I would literally be a kid in a candy store there. Like, yeah, yeah. But I just loved it, and I loved the fresh sushi. That was the first time I've ever had ramen, like real ramen, mm. and it was amazing. Not oodles and noodles, ramen noodles. Nah, yeah, yeah, ramen. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. like the authentic ramen. I was and supposed to go get ramen today. It wouldn't have been as good as Japan. Oh, no. Well, I don't know. Ramen Tatsu. Oh, uh, that's my place, though. That's yes. I love it. They they, they, they get an A plus in my <laughs> category. So. But, no, I, I love Japan. And then Prague was dope because, for one, the city itself, the architecture is so beautiful. And I, I was fortunate enough, both times I went for a study abroad, so I was there for a significant amount of time, and we lived right above this bar. And it was really, really cool Ooh. because I became really good friends with, like, the bartenders and the yeah. people who worked at the restaurant. And so it was, like, nice to get to, like, interact with the locals and have them show me around where it's not just touristy. And so it's, like, I really felt like I was living in Prague. I felt like I was getting the full experience. And I I met so many amazing people that I still talk to from there. And I just loved it. They had this club that's five stories and... It's crazy. Each story is a different mind date. Mind blowing. Like, mind blowing. Uh, See, and I and I know. Okay, Prague. I feel like when I went, and this was a long time ago. That's why I think that was like almost like fifteen years ago, fourteen, fifteen years ago. 
Um, I feel like it has changed a lot. And so many people now are like, yo, Prague is like fire. I was like, what? It was not that when I was there. <laughs> like Nicki Minaj says, you bitches can't even spell Prague. Right, right. It's actually very easy to spell, but. <laughs> <laughs> so let me see. Okay, Jeff, I got to know. So traveling, how mm-hmm. has traveling during COVID been? So one thing about traveling during COVID I was excited about is that um, one, nobody actually judged me or shamed me for traveling because I'm like a journalist, not like one. I'm an award-winning journalist. Um, let them know. Let yeah, them know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like I get to go to places and, like, discover it to see, like, what's the take, like, what's going on there. Um, traveling through COVID actually was kind of legit. Like, I liked it a lot because there wasn't that many people there. <laughs> and most of those places I actually miss. Like, where it was a lack of uh, people. And so, uh, with there being a lack of people, there was, like, way more, like, like I got to immerse myself in the culture more. Um, the one thing that I started realizing that a lot of um, countries and cities are trying to do now, they're trying to be more responsible about how they travel. I just did a campaign with Washington Post and Marriott Bonvoy, and uh, we're just uh, the campaign is on regenerative travel. So it's like instead of you just going somewhere and and um, click uh, checking off a, a bucket list item, um, you go there and you actually like help and serve that community um, in ways. And so like even when I was in and uh, like the Florida Keys, I got to go harvest or not even harvest uh, because corals are actual animals. But like I got to go uh, return coral to the wild, like scuba diving. Like literally there's this coral reef foundation that grows uh, coral reefs. Like they have nurseries of coral reef. And then we go put them back into like coral beds uh, in the bottom of the ocean. And that, that was is- like so dope. That so is it's so like we're cool. helping the uh, world and, and nature and stuff like that. So stuff like that, like doing more projects like that is so much fun. Yeah. And I would love that because that reminds me kind of of what is it called? Uh, it's not Doctors Without Boys, but um, where you habit it's kind of like Habitat for Humanity, but where you go to other countries and they do have it stateside. I wish I could remember what the name of it is, but essentially you go to like a new country or a new city and you kind of help build houses in underfunded areas. Mm. And it's like you're giving back to the community as well as getting to explore a whole new culture and a whole new yeah. environment. Yeah. It's stuff like that, that I, I love that people are doing that now, how we can be more responsible because when COVID hit and then everybody was in the house, like so much wildlife came back. Um, animals were like in the streets, uh, dolphins are swimming, um, down the canals of Paris and Venice. And so, uh, it's, it's those things that I was like, man, you know what? I want other generations to experience what I got to experience. And some of them won't be able to experience because of the over tourism. Wow. That's crazy. Cause that's something I, I don't think I ever really thought of, but you're right. Like when we were in home, like the animals actually got to experience their home, like without us kind of inhabiting it. Mm-hmm. So before we wrap up, I want to know, do you have any travel advice for people? Yes. Uh, I always tell people, do your research. At the end of the day, if you could do your research, it actually makes uh, going to a place a lot easier. I know so many people 
they just booked their trip and like they booked their flights and their um, like hotel room, but they don't. They wait until they get there to actually plan their trip. And I am one of those people. Are you? I I am, but I'm so fortunate that when I travel, my best friend you got somebody she there. is a yeah. planner to a T. Yeah. has every or day. Or find organized. that person. Yes. Or find that person. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever that person is. If you're a person like eh, I don't know about planning, find that person. Make sure you have that person. If that person's not there, like plan ahead. And so I remember like when I was traveling, I was actually in school. Um I did this like program while I was in school. That's what got me first traveling. Um Man, I was there. Like, I get there. I was one of those people, like, ah, I'll play when I get there. And to talk to some of them girls, and they was like, they whole three months was planned out. Like, they whole summer was planned. They already had the Euro Rail. They already had passes. And I was like, dang, you already got it? Like, this week I'm here. This week I'm here. Like, I'm like, what? I was like, whoa, I, I, I haven't even thought about this stuff yet. Like, and so I also realized that I didn't know what was out there because I didn't do my research before. So, like, I remember seeing them go somewhere. They went to Berlin, actually. We were in Germany. They went to Berlin for the weekend, and they started showing me their pictures. And I was like, yo, like, that was in Berlin? That's what Berlin looked like? Well, you went into that cathedral? Well, I didn't even know this is what was in cathedrals. Like, it was just all these beautiful pictures. And that it was that moment that I realized, like, yo, I'll never do this again. Like, like I'll I need always, a plan. I need to always plan. Like it always helps. And so and then also like if you're good with credit cards, I would say get into point hacking. Um, that helps you get like cheap flights. Like I went to I went to Thailand and uh other places for a uh, hundred bucks, like round trip. And so uh when it normally costs a thousand dollars to go on this flight. And so learning how to do that and getting free hotel stays. Um but yeah, like honestly, the one thing that a lot of people have a, a real tough time doing is actually just booking the trip. And so I always recommend people just committing. A lot of times people don't even put two and two together that like they might spend, like especially now there's a lot of bougie people out there um, <laughs> that spend their money frivolously. But <laughs> sometimes you can go to a, get a fancy restaurant meal and that can cost you if it was just you and somebody else. Sometimes people be spending upwards of two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars for like a fancy meal. That's a plane ticket. No fact. You feel me? Yeah. Like, and then uh, so I always tell people like realize what you spend money on. Like sometimes, or like, or if you're going out every day, uh, every uh, every day on a week, in just one week alone, those those are DoorDash orders. There's like forty, fifty bucks each DoorDash. Like, man, I, I'm still trying to get DoorDash under 30 bucks. It is so hard, bro. I'll be so mad. I'll be like, yeah, I can't get this thing under 30. I'll be trying to get 25, man. It just don't work. So um, so it's just like, man, you start realizing, like, what you spend your money on. And, like, instead of spending it on all that stuff for a week, you got a plane ticket. Yeah, you like, got your hotel room. Yeah. And people be like, dang, that's it? Like, I ain't even thinking that. Like, these Jordans I got on cost 200 something dollars. They go something else you can get with that. That's an excursion to go swim with uh, whale sharks in, in Belize or something like that, you know? Um, and, yeah, I would just say, like, it really just, like, a lot of people just don't commit. So just commit. And if you got to go by yourself, go by yourself. Yeah. Solo travel is fun. Like, I was nervous. I was scared. Uh, and then yeah, I'm a guy though, you know, so I got a lot of girls be like, oh, man, I'm a girl. But you want to know something? 
uh, statistically, women travel more than men leisurely. Um, and, and I actually know a lot of women uh, that are solo travelers than men are. So, uh, and they have the same, just as much fun or even more because they actually are women and I don't know. I just throw stuff at women sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm a big believer that because I did solo traveling when I was coming back from my study abroad. Mm. And I I was nervous because, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a female and I'm a black female at that. And yeah. I'm, I'm a little like I I don't know karate uh, like that, but I, I loved it. Like I stayed in a hostel and it was the best decision I ever made because I made friends with the people working at the hostel. They took me out. They took me to this great dinner. They took me out to the bars and the clubs. And it was amazing because I had this wonderful night with people who I may not have ever met had I not been brave enough to just put myself out there and brave enough for to sure. go out and talk to people. For sure, for sure. And so I definitely agree with that. And I think we'll leave it on my last question. What is one or what are some misconceptions you think people have about plus size people? Um, I would say one of the biggest ones is laziness. Um, they think that like, oh, since you're that way, you must be like hella lazy. Like, well, now people been around me and they're like, yeah, you, you're, 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 I need you to stop doing stuff. You do too much. <laughs> Like, or we're not active or we're not healthy at all. Um, I would say those are some of the common misconceptions. I remember my grandma, uh, we took her, we took my grandma to Paris and, and I was just like up and moving. Like, uh, I'm here, here, here doing my regular like travel stuff. She was like, she was like out of breath and she's like, oh my God. And she stopped and she was like, baby, you so big. But how do you move like this? <laughs> like, are you feel me? Like, and I was like, ah, there goes another common misconception. Like, bro, like I'm athletic. Like, bro, I'm 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 still fit. I can go play basketball if I wanted to right now. So it's just like, man, a lot of times people think uh, plus size people are lazy and things like that. Or and then it's like I'm telling you, like it's almost like second class citizens. Uh, and that's the one thing I do want people to to not think of plus size people like we. Like we're just, our vice is just, you're just able to see it out loud or you're able to see it uh, physically um, because everybody else has vices as well. It could be drugs or alcohol, but it doesn't show as much, but food and, and gaining weight does show. And so um, don't judge us because um, you might have those same vices, but it's in a different way. So Yeah, and that's that's really beautifully put. Everyone has their own vices, so don't judge me just because my vice is different than yours. Correct. Correct. Jeff, I've had an amazing time. This was really fun. I hope you did, because I, <laughs> I enjoyed this. Y'all, this is my first in-person interview, Woo! like podcast interview, so I enjoyed it. I got a little too relaxed just now. Like, I was just <laughs> like, man, this is this is lovely. Before I was all perked up. Now I'm over here like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that above the mean. We just chilling. <laughs> on, we, we, we just talking. We vibing. Hey, man, we, we on this legacy stuff now. So <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what you got going and, and what it's going for above the mean uh, podcast. Like, like if you follow this or you're listening to this, like, like literally support, support Veronica as much as you can. Because, like, I mean, this is, is 
is the stuff we're doing now that's going to be uh, changing the generations to come. So I appreciate you for even having me on today. Jeff, you're trying to make me tear up. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And I will make sure to tag all your handles in the descriptions if you have Apple Podcasts. If not, go to Apple Podcasts. You can click on his descriptions and links. Um, and again, thank you. And yeah. Appreciate cool. you for having me. <laughs> Well, that's it for today's episode. His energy is extremely contagious. <laughs> I don't know if y'all could tell or not. <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it. If you like the show, make sure to comment, subscribe, and leave us a message on our latest Instagram. I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. You can find the links to all of Jeff's handles in the description below as well as in the show notes. I'll be uploading new episodes every Tuesday morning, as always. And don't forget to follow our Instagram and YouTube. I'll be uploading highlight clips and bonus reels from the podcast. The video for this podcast should be up Thursday this week, so make sure to come back and check that out. As always, remember, don't settle for average. Rise above the mean and stand out. <laughs>